This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Glad to see all of you here. You regulars, I'm blessed to have you. And you ones who are here for the water baptism, we're glad to have you too. You know, I know there's several of them getting water baptized, so I've already told those guys who are doing that. There's a couple of those fellas you really need to hold under for a while. So I'm kidding, all right? Okay, I'm kidding. It's going to be a good night. Again, I welcome all of you here. Just a couple things. Actually, before I get going, if, if you're here for the baptism, you need to make your way back there. It'll help, help you that way. Uh, just a couple things before I start that I want to do or I'll forget to do it. Uh, Mikey, why don't you raise your hand? I'm going to make you stand up today. It's Mikey Creo. He grew up in the church. He's in the Air Force Station in Delaware, so he's home for a few days to see his family. So we welcome him back. Yeah, clap for him. Glad, glad he's here. And then uh, tonight, down at the other end, there's going to be a bunch of announcements down there. It's getting ready to take place in our church, and so I'm going to go ahead and tell you the stuff. Please don't text that to your kids, because I don't know when they're going to hear it. And I might get in trouble, because I have a hard time keeping secrets, okay? But uh, they're going to introduce our new uh, youth pastor tonight. And it's easy, easy, easy for me to do this, but it's a person who's been with our church for well over 10 years, been involved with our youth for that long, too. And so... You can congratulate her, but it is Sydney Bacon is going to take that over. So your, your team, she's been down there forever, and so it's going to be good. And then the person that is going to assist her was the guy on the drums tonight, John uh, Villalovos and his wife, Andrea. It's been a great thing for him. They were married a week ago, and now he's going to be into the youth and do that. So that is a good thing on those lines. And then... We, you know, I say we, I don't do anything social media. Um, if you ever try to get a hold of me, you can send stuff to the church and they'll find me. But I don't do it, but I realize how significant it is. So we hired one of our young ones to do all our social media stuff, Maddie Drummond, who you see up here on the big screen often. She's the pretty little blonde. So that's who that is. And, and then the last one, she's down serving in the youth end tonight too, is she will be our receptionist. And that is uh, Olivia. I'm trying to think of Olivia and Brian. Help me. Phillips, thank you. I knew that. So they're going to be all doing that. So you'll see all those down there at the baptism tonight. So, yeah, just giving you a little info. It's going to be real good, though. But I welcome all of you here. If you've got your Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Matthew 5. I'm going to read here pertaining to the tithes and offerings. They put all the stuff up to how you can give. You can also have baskets on the way out. But again, we appreciate your giving. Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine before men that they, men or mankind, may see your good works. And he ends with this, and he says, And glorify your Father in heaven. Now, when it talks about the good works here, this, this has nothing to do or no bearing whatsoever on salvation, okay? You don't get saved by good works, so that's not what he's talking about. You only get saved by allowing Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. So that's not what he's talking about, okay? Don't get that mixed up. But he did say something very interesting. He said that man would see 
what you do. And so what he's telling us there, that people become impacted by what they see you do or you don't do. And so the question here is on this, what are you doing or not doing that men see? And so again, part of that is just learning to serve in the kingdom of God and honor God. But again, he challenges us there that the goal is to let men see what you're doing. And you know what happens then? You look at people and say, Woo, this Jesus, he's been so, so good to me. He has been so, so good to me. You know, I'll just ask you to raise hands. How many has Jesus been better to you than you've really ever deserved? (laughs) I better lay down and get my hands and toes up. And so I'm grateful for the Lord Jesus, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for just salvation, but also, Lord, the, the charge that you gave us here. And Father, I ask grace upon this house, the people of God, that you grace us, that men can see the the good works we do for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here we go again on another Wednesday night. Uh, If you got your Bible, turn with me way back there in the front to the book of Joshua. Joshua, just right after Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then you'll come into the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. And talking about areas of faith in these areas. And so, you know, many of you have been here for the last several weeks, months. You begin to see kind of how I study online. But what I did is I found in the Bible numerous times where you would see Jesus would say, ye of little faith, or ye of no faith, or ye with great faith. And so every time I find those statements, I really, really study those because I like to read and see what those have to say. So that's where we're going to begin tonight. As you're turning there to Joshua 1, you know, we're called uh, to to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, we're called to to believe the things of God, and so everything starts with my believing, but my believing puts me into position to act or to do. Now, you can believe all you want, but until you act or do, that believing does you no good. And a great reference, and I said this a few weeks ago there in James chapter 2, verse 19, it said... Even the demons believe. They just don't obey. They just don't act. And so again, we've got to get to a place where we believe who Jesus is and what he does. And then we get to a place where we act on the word of God. We ultimately just do the word of God. We obey it. So begin with me here in Joshua 1. And I'm going to start reading verse number 6. And let me jump in here and fill in the blanks. Moses, the man of God, has already died. He's done. And so Joshua is the one who's taken over. Now, think about this. Man, you're taking over for Moses. You've got some big shoes to fill. So listen what the Lord says to him in verse 6. He said, be strong and a good courage. Be valiant. Be firm. Now, why do you think God would say be strong and a good courage? Because he knew to lead the Israelites like God desired him. It was going to take strength from God, and it was going to take courage. It's going to take courage to serve God. So he keeps going on, and he says this. For this people you shall divide as inheritance in the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? That you may observe to do according to all of the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from it the word of God to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse number eight, this book of the law, the word of God, 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, this is a passage I reference a lot because there is so much in verse 8. But he said, one of the things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get the word of God and you release it out of your mouth. Speak the word of God out of your mouth. Don't let it depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. What was the it? You shall meditate in the word of God. You shall ponder it. You shall think upon it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Now, this was the challenge he said to Joshua, but I believe he challenges us. You got to get in the Word. You got to meditate on the Word that you may ultimately do it. Remember, James says in James 1, be a doer of the Word, not hearer only. Now, watch how he ends verse 8. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I highlight the word you because twice he said there, when you start doing this, you're going to walk in kingdom blessings. You're going to walk in the things God has designed for us, but I got to obey the word. And then he ends in verse nine and he says, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Now that statement, be strong and of good courage, he says that four times in Joshua 1. When you find over in the Bible, when you find over and over where there's repetition, you know what I believe it's telling us? God really wants you to get that. Get it. Get it. Be strong. Be strong and a good courage. So what would happen if we begin to get into the word of God and we begin to say, Father God, I ask you to grace me today. Grace me that I'm strong. Do you know in Ephesians 6.10 it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And Father God, give me courage. Give me courage to be a man or woman of God. Give me courage and, and grace me to get the word. Grace me to meditate on. Grace me to do the word of God. What an invitation. Now, turn with me back into the New Testament to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm just going to read one verse in there. And I believe this will really help you. Look at verse 58. You got your Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, fellow believers, men and women of God, be, be. He didn't say think about it. He said be. Now, here's how my mind goes to work. I see the word be, and I begin to think, okay, he tells me to be, to be. I look up the word be, and you know what the be says? It says it means to, to live, or it also means to take place. And so when I see this word be, you know what he's telling me? Live this way. Let it take place in your life. And so he said, be what? Be steadfast. Be firm. Be immovable. Stable and enduring. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so what I see this is, is he's, he's challenging us to remain constant day by day. He said, be immovable, not movable. And when I look at that, he's saying, you got to stay on course. Don't, don't get on off course. You live your lives with an un, unshakable, uh, immovable posture before God. Day by day by day. And so I read that verse because I believe to a degree that's what he was trying to get into Joshua there in Joshua 1. Be steadfast. Be immovable. 
Don't, don't let the things of this world move you. Don't let the things of this world stop you, okay? Now, go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, and we're going to get into to some of the faiths that the Lord Jesus talked about. Actually, I'm going to be in the book of Matthew the rest of the night. I want to have you going all over the Bible. Matthew, chapter 9, is where we're going to begin. Verse number 27, once you get there, and once I get there. All right. When Jesus had departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out. Some translation says screaming out. And so I see something here immediately. What did these two blind men do? They followed him. They began to cry out to him. And saying. So I, I highlight these words in my Bible because they're, they're actually doing something. He followed, he cried out, and he began to say. He began to say, and so note what did they say here. Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, that term, son of David, is, is literally a messianic term. And, and what that points to is a king, the king of kings. So when these blind men start crying out, son of David, have mercy, you know what they're saying? I'm crying out to the king. I'm crying out to the king. That's the king. That's the king. Verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him. And so I get this, that when Jesus comes into the house, the blind man, somehow someone moved him in and they just kept following him. They just went right in there with him. And they came to him and Jesus said to them, he said, do you believe I am able to do this? Do you believe I have the power to do this? Now, when I see that, that Jesus asked them that question, why would Jesus ask them? Do you think I have the power or, or I'm able to do this? I believe when he does those things, he, he's trying to locate their faith or he's trying to stir up their faith. Do you believe I'm able to do this? And so when he says this, he's, he's looking for a response. And so Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if Jesus came strolling in tonight and, and he asked you a question, how would you respond? And so to me, again, he's, he's trying to, to stir up faith. You are able to do this. So we keep reading. Do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Some translation says, yes, Lord, you are able to do this. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith. The New International Version says, will it be done to you? The Passion says, you will have what your faith expects. Now, I always highlight these things because he says, According to your faith, let it be to you. Jesus didn't say according to his faith. He said according to your faith. So guess what he did? It's like he's already told him, I'm, I'm ready. I'm on go. But what about your faith? Are you on go? And so he said here, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. 
And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. And the reason he did that is, is he didn't want stuff to be known about him until after he had rose from the grave, so there would be further understanding. Verse 31, but when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. So again, I go back and I look at them, guys. They cried out to Jesus. They followed Jesus. They spoke to Jesus. And when Jesus said, do you believe, they responded back to him. And so something happens in those things. And so I love to study these lines to give me insight to think, okay, this is what Jesus was looking for. But when he tells them, don't, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, it said there, but when they departed, he spread, they spread the news about him in all the country. I don't know about you, but I believe these guys were probably born blind. This was probably the first time they ever saw. And so put yourself in that position. I'm telling you right now, if it's the first time I ever saw, man, I'm running to my mom's house and let's check this out, mom. I'm going to tell everybody. And I believe that's what the Lord Jesus wants us to do in our lifetimes now, where we become a living testimony where you can look and say, this is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus is doing in my life. So again, these are in here as teaching to us that Jesus says, okay, Model what these guys do. Now, turn just a few pages to the book of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 21. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, I want to highlight this just a little bit because these cities would be in modern-day Lebanon Actually, these cities are very, very close to the city of Beirut that was blown up last night. This is that area. And so a couple reasons I want to highlight this is this was non-Jewish territories. This was a Gentile area, okay? And to help you a little bit with this region, this was where a woman named Jezebel came out of. And Jezebel was the one who was so highly involved in bell worship and witchcraft. And the reason I highlight this, it kind of gives us an idea at the area he's at and what he's dealing with and what the people of that time are dealing with. So he goes on to say in verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region or that vicinity and cried out to him, Interesting, keep reading, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord. Now, this woman addresses Jesus as Lord, and then she ultimately says, son of David, the king, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. So when I read this, I think, okay, why did this lady leave this region and come toward Jesus? I believe why this happened is she had, she had heard stories about Jesus. That when Jesus comes on the scene, man, things start happening. And so when I look at this, this is a woman again. She cried out to him. She screamed to him. And she identified him as Lord. And she identified him as, as, as the son of David again. And so when you think about those things, am I that bold with Jesus? I mean, in her life, she didn't care who was hearing. She didn't care who was witnessing. She had purpose. And again, she reveals the purpose. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. 
severely, not, not just a little bit. And so she pursues Jesus. But another thing I want to highlight, she revealed the problem. She tells Jesus the problem. Verse 23. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. She wasn't moved. They want to send her away. And over and over it talks about she kept crying out. I believe it was a loud voice. She wasn't moved, so where do we go back to? She became very steadfast. She was immovable. It was almost like she had what I call bulldog faith. She wasn't going to leave until she got what she was after. Verse number 24. But he answered her and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So when he says this right here, her, her, or his words didn't cause her to stop or give up. But what he's saying here, my, my first covenant is to the people of Israel. My number one priority is to the Jews. That's why he was saying that. But what if Jesus would have said that to you? Something on those lines. See, a lot of times I think we quit too early. Sometimes we have the thought, well, it just must not have been the will of God today. But this woman didn't give up. Verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Some of the translations said, for the word worship, she came and bowed. And she said, Lord, help me. Now, a couple of nights ago, um, our praise and worship team has Bible studies sometimes on Sunday nights, and I was at it. And they got over on one of the things to bow, to bow before the Lord. Just the, the honor that's associated with that, that it's one of the highest degrees of worship. But how many of us do it? And I'm, I'm saying this to me. How many of us would publicly bow and just begin to worship Jesus? She wasn't ashamed of Jesus. She wasn't ashamed to be affiliated. And so since that night, it, it really began to work on me. And I think this. So many times in our life, we, we kind of view Jesus as a slot machine. Come on, pay out. Pay out. But this woman took time to bow and worship from her heart. I, I want to worship. I, I want to honor you. And so there were some illustrations that were given that night that really, really moved me. And so the guy running our sound tonight, Mike Byers, he, he was in parts of Korea. And he began to share that. And I wish I'd come off the platform. I'm on live stream and it messes them up. I won't do that. But when people in Korea come together, if it was me and Gloria and I would bow, the other person would bow. 
But if I bowed and I didn't bow to the same level that they did, it was a sign of disrespect. And he began to share this, that when two fighters over there coming to the ring to fight, they'll both bow and they'll bow to the same level. But after the fight, the one who lost, he bows lower to the other one. In other words, I surrender, you defeated me. And so I begin to think on these lines. And this guy who wrote this book, he made this comment that there was a time that Jesus got out of the boat and he went to a region in Gadara where the madman of Gadara was. And when he came out of the boat, this demon-possessed man ran to Jesus and this demon-possessed man bowed before Jesus and began to call him Lord. And the guy said this, even the demons bow to Jesus. But how many of us as believers, we bow to Jesus? And when we said that, I, it worked on me. Guys, it's worked on me for a couple of days. I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to let no demon show Jesus more honor than me. I'm not going to do it. And the other area is this. How many of the blessings of the Lord that God wants to move in our life have never been released because we won't bow? Amen. Come on, give me something, Jesus. I want, I want. And in the song we sang tonight, if you remember the lyrics, he said, I'm not here for blessing. I'm just here to worship. I'm just here from my heart, from sincerity. And so when I begin to look at this and I studied this and I saw this woman, this Canaanite woman, this Gentile woman, and, and I highlight woman because in their custom, women weren't supposed to do those things. But this woman was so set on, I got a demon-possessed daughter, and there's the healer, and I call him Lord. I believe he's everything he says, and I'm going to bow, and I'm going to worship him. And she bowed and worshiped him before anything ever happened. Wow. Back to verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Help me. I don't know when the last time you said that to the Lord. Lord, help me. Jesus, I ask you to help me. I believe so much in Jesus' life and ours. He's just waiting for an invitation. Verse 26. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, when he references children, he's talking about the Jews. Those were the children. Those were the covenant. But when he talks about the dogs, that's in reference to the Gentiles. I put myself in this story big time here. So I go up to Jesus and say, help me, Jesus. And whether we like to read this or not this way, Jesus called this woman a dog. So in Western culture, here in the good USA, if my kid came here and said, pray for me, pastor, and I said, yeah, right, you dog, you know what we would do? I'm done. 
I'm out of here. I'll, I'll never come back to that church. You're not going to insult me like that. But look at, this, look at this response that she said in 27. And she said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Some translation says, you're right, Lord. She addresses him as Lord. Her honor to him never diminishes. Yes, Lord. Even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. So what she says here is even the puppies get to eat the crumbs and the leftover. And basically, you know what the woman says? I'm good, Lord Jesus, with your crumbs and your leftovers. I'm good as long as they're from the master's table. And Patsy, you are lighting it up. I got so blessed when I read that. I'll eat the crumbs from Jesus' table. I'm not too prideful. I'm not too arrogant. Now watch this. Then Jesus answered her and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. And when I read that, I highlighted, O woman, great is your faith. So I rewind all this and I play this back and I think, okay, Jesus said, great is your faith. Why did he say that? I, I believe she was steadfast. I believe she was immovable. I, I believe she was persistent, tenacious. I believe she had this thought, I'm, I'm not going anywhere until something happens. And, and when he said, great is your faith, I, I believe also when he said, great is your faith, she understood, you're Lord, you're the son of David, and I'm good to come to the master's table. She referenced that to him again. So Jesus knew. She's looking to me. Her eyes are on me. And look how it ends here. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a story. What a passage. So I go back to this area, what I was talking about. Am I too good to bow? Am I too good to kneel? And so this week, man, when I come in here to pray, ooh, I said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm getting on my knees. You know, God's not into email. He's into an email. Some of you didn't catch that. I come in here, right? And I just get to the feet of Jesus and just want to sit at your feet, Jesus. And so we had prayer here last night and we got ready to end and I, I started sharing these things. I said, man, it's just stirring with up within me that one, I, I I want to get it to I, man, I gotta be a person of honor to Jesus. What an honor to bow before him. And so we stopped praying, and I said, let's just bow. Let's just bow. There's seven or eight of us in here. And we just bowed. Just bowed in our own arena. 
Just stood there in the presence of the Lord. And I had to be at a meeting, or I believe we may still be sitting here, Gloria. <laughs> it was that sweet. It was just so. We didn't come for any reason. We just came to bow. I'll have you stand up tonight. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.